So, uh, taking a break from the series we've been on. Since it's Valentine's, I thought I'd preach a Valentine's sermon this week. And uh, just take a break. And our theme is excellence. And really, when you look at our theme of excellence, it fits right in with Valentine's Day and God's love and the love that we're to share with each other anyway. And really, the only way we can love the way God wants us to love is through this Holy Spirit and uh, His excellence anyway. So uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So, you guys probably know the story behind Valentine's, but if you don't, I'm going to read it this morning. It's not a long one. It's just a little over a page. And if you haven't heard the story about Valentine's Day and why we celebrate it, this is it. This was written by Cindy Spear. It says, flowers, candy, pretty cards, gifts, love, and romance in the air. That's what Valentine's Day is all about, right? At least that's what the celebration has become in our modern-day society. What is the real story behind Valentine's Day? Most sources believe that St. Valentine's Day began with a feast in honor of an early Christian martyr named Valentinus, or Valentinus. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Maybe it's Valentinus since it's Valentine's Day. And is celebrated in mid-February to coincide with his burial. Some believe it may also be celebrated at this time in an effort to Christianize the pagan Roman celebration of Lupercalia, a fertility festival related to agriculture, while others deny this link. St. Valentinus is remembered as a loving, compassionate, and heroic person. He was a priest during the time when the Emperor Claudius II was persecuting the church around 250 A.D. Claudius had issued an edict that young men were not to marry, as single men made better soldiers. They would not be distracted by thoughts and care of their loved ones, but could focus on their call to duty. In their very permissive society of that day, polygamy was popular. The church still viewed marriage as sacred between one man in one woman. Valentinus believed that those who were in love should be able to marry within the Christian church and remain monogamous. He defied the emperor's orders and performed marriages in secret. Valentinus was caught, imprisoned, tortured, and eventually killed for performing forbidden marriages and for ministering to Christians. Legend is that while Valentinus was in prison, he prayed with and saw the healing of the blind daughter of his jailer, Asterius. Asterius and his entire household are said to have come to Christian faith as a result. It is widely believed that before his execution, Valentinus wrote a farewell letter to Asterius. Asterius's daughter signed, Your Valentine. This was the first Valentine. And what it means today. The celebration of St. Valentine's Day has evolved from sending letters, poems, and homemade paper valentines to loved ones to a lucrative business for card publishers, florists, chocolatiers, and jewelers. 
While the celebration has become more materialistic, we can grasp the opportunity to show our love and concern for others through acts of kindness and compassion. We can share God's love with the world around us. We can make something good out of this special day. What does Valentine's Day mean to you? Father Frank O'Gara, Whitefriar Street Church in Dublin, Ireland, said that what Valentine's Day means to him is that there comes a time where you have to lay your life upon the line for what you believe. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that even to the point of death. Take time to reflect on what Valentine's Day means or can mean to you. God's Valentine to us is and and will forever be the greatest Valentine ever given, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then 1 John 3.18 says, We must not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. So we're looking at the love that God has for us and the love that we are to share with each other. And as I just read, Paul says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. You know, as I was preparing this message, I started thinking about time and how much time I have left on this planet and how none of us know. It made me think about Jose. It made me think about my dad. It made me think about Kobe, who at 41, who had the world. It made me think about all these different things. And it, and it made me think, and it made me go back, and I started getting very sentimental. I even started looking at some old pictures and what these pictures meant. And uh, I want to share a picture with you. Mikey, can you show the picture of me in junior high? Here's a picture of me in junior high. You guys are going to get a laugh out of this. It's okay. Which one am I? I'm the guy on the left. Janiel and Kyla, you guys should remember because we knew each other back in those days. And actually, there came a point when my hair got the longest, it got about down to here. Now, this is, look at mom's laughing at it. This is a good picture because my parents hated my hair. They hated the length of my hair. And yet they allowed me to have it. Why? Because they loved me. And, they, and I think they decided we need to pick our fights, and hair isn't a fight that we need to pick. That's one we don't have to worry about. And I look at that picture, and I was looking at that picture, and I was thinking about how fast it goes by and how quickly it goes. And I was looking back at pictures when my kids were little. And uh, I have a picture that you guys have seen before with Jose in it, and I showed his two sons are here, if you guys don't know These are Jose's sons right here, Joseph and Francisco. And there we are back in front of the old youth center, the hot blonde on the... I don't know who the hot blonde is. I don't remember her. And that's uh, Daddy-O, and Jose's one like this, looking up like that. And I don't know how long ago that is, but, uh, you know, we were talking about Jose at our men's meeting yesterday because he used to go to our men's meeting, and he was a part and the love that we shared. And one thing between Jose and I, the last words we ever said to each other were, I love you. The last words we ever shared were, I love you, because every time we would 
um, look at each other and say goodbye, the last words we'd say would be, I love you. And then we'd walk away. And I picture back, went, you know what? I had Jose share his testimony one time. And uh, your mom was there. And he shared things in his testimony that Jessica had never heard before. And she was sitting, sitting back there just flabbergasted, just if you'd have to know his testimony, and I'm not going to share his testimony, but it's one of the most radical testimonies you'll ever heard. And uh, from that point, he went like this. He had his ups and he had his downs, and he would walk with the Lord, and then he would walk away from the Lord and get back in the world and his old lifestyle, and then back and forth. And then at age 38, he gave his life to the Lord, and the last 12 years of his life, he was on fire for Jesus. And I'll tell you, Francisco and Joseph, your dad would love seeing you both here this morning. And he would tell you how proud he is of you as men and the men you are right now because he would talk with me about you. And uh, he would love seeing you here because Jesus was his life. And he loved the Lord with all his heart. And I want you to know that. And I miss him to this day um, more than you know because he was going to be associate pastor here I was going to hire him in January, and uh, he was going to help relieve a lot of stress in my life that is uh, now still on my plate. But God knows what he's doing, and we're going to get back here in a second. God knows what he's doing. When when Jose was in the hospital and he was able to squeeze their hand, when it, that was an impossibility, and the doctor said nothing like that could ever happen, and it happened three times, God was telling us, I'm still here and I'm still in control. And I'm allowing this for a reason and a purpose. And I don't get it, and I don't understand it, and I wish it wouldn't have happened that way. But God said, I'm God, and I know what I'm doing. Trust me. I have another picture I want to share. Um, it's the last one. If you look at this picture here, this is a picture of a youth retreat. If you notice that hot girl without my hands on, that's Monique, our praise and worship leader. Yeah, Monique's laughing right now. See that look on her face? That's because she thinks I'm giving her cooties because I have my hand in a... And then see that little blonde in the middle with that white jacket? Yeah, that's Erin. Can you guys notice? She looks like she's one of the high school kids. And if you don't notice me, that's me on the uh, far right there. I share this because I'm thinking about the years again. And uh, it's funny because Karen Hopkins is not here and Mike Hopkins are not here. They normally sit right back there. But Mike's the one uh, two, two over from me with the hat on, and that's his brother behind Aaron back there with the other hat on, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I share these pictures. That's okay, Mikey. You can turn. Do you like that picture, Monique? <laughs> and if you didn't notice, that's Yvette right behind Monique, right next to me. That's Monique's sister, Yvette. I share this for a reason. Because this life goes so quickly. It goes by so fast. And at the age of a lot of our people in our church, you know what I'm talking about. It goes going by so fast and so quickly. We don't have time to waste another day by not loving the way God wants us to love. We don't have one second to waste. Not one you know what it says here? If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I thought about grabbing a cymbal and bringing it in here. 
and taking a drumstick and just start banging on it. And still it started driving you crazy after a little bit because listening to a cymbal, just banging on it would not be pleasant. It would not be good. So we can call ourselves Christians and we can go out and we can even share our faith and we can do these things. And if we don't have love, we're like that clanging cymbal that just won't quit. And all we're doing is getting on people's nerves and bothering them. And they don't want to hear what we have to say without the love of Christ. And without the love, it's just annoying. But when you add the love, it changes everything. Now, everybody in here has been to church probably for quite a while now. Probably most of us remember the four words for love, the Greek words. Eros, which we get our word erotic. Leo, which is brotherly love, friendship. Storgy, which is familial love, our family, our close family. And then the last one is agape which is God's love towards us, which he tells us that we are to have to each other. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you agape one another. As a matter of fact, I have it in my notes. It's John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And you know what? We're all looking for that love. Every single one of us. Kobe Bryant was looking for that love. Um, I had Kobe in my notes. And then, because I was just going to talk about him, because how quickly life goes, and here's a man who has everything financially, and he and his daughter and the seven others who went down in the helicopter crash. And uh, Jeff came up and said, did you see the video I sent Aaron about Kobe? And I said, no, and he showed it to me. It's 30 seconds long. Mikey's going to try to show it in one second. I'm going to set it for you. Um, I think the guy's name is Stephen Smith, something like that. He's... Uh, He's an announcer, a sports announcer, and, very, and he's interviewing Kobe. This is a few years ago. And if you remember, Kobe got in trouble in Colorado for a sexual issue that he had up there with a female. And he had to go to court, and he went through all this stuff. And it's shortly after he had been acquitted or, or let whatever, uh, whatever happened at that point, it was shortly after that. And this is the video when he's interviewing him. What did you learned from that whole experience just having to go through what you went through god is great is it that simple god is great don't get no simpler than that bro did you know that i mean i'm, I'm everybody knows that but the way you know it now did you know it before that incident took place you can know it all you want but until you got to pick up that cross that you can't carry and he picks it up for you and carries you and the cross then you know you know uh when they did the uh, honoring at um, Staples Center before the Lakers game, the first one, my son and I were watching it. And we were both saying, man, it seemed like Kobe really changed in his life. Like he really grew up like a lot of really good things happened. And then I was hearing another sportscaster um, talking about how uh, he was sick and he was in the hospital and the, all these flowers showed up and it was signed from Kobe Bryant. And the guy said, there's no way Kobe took time to send me flowers. 
So he said, I called the general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers. And he said, actually, Colby called me today and wanted your address of where you were. So I can pretty much guarantee you he sent you those flowers, and they're straight from him. And then they had people sharing how when they were having tough times, Kobe would be the one who called them and say, hey, this is Kobe. I just want to encourage you. I just want to do this. And, and how he was touching people's lives. Forget basketball. Throw basketball. I'm talking about reaching out to people and ministering to them. And I said, I don't know if he knows the Lord or not. And when I saw that, I know he knows the Lord. I know he's Catholic. I know he was at the Catholic Church the uh, morning before he was in the helicopter crash because uh, someone who Aaron knows at the gym was at the church where he attends, and he was there that morning. And this is what I want to share with you. When you go through something, that a cross that you can't bear yourself, and he picks up the cross, and he picks up you, and he carries you and the cross at the same time, you start understanding God's love that he has for each and every one of us. And Kobe got it, it grasped it, it changed his life into uh, what appeared to me, at least from the outside looking in, to be just a really strong man of God that way. And that just blessed my heart to see that, and I pray it blessed yours too. If we speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, which none of us want to be. I pray we all want to speak up for the Lord, and we all want to live for the Lord, and I pray our motivation is always out of God's agape love. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries, so if I have the gift of prophecy, which is one, the New Testament prophet is good for exhortation, edification, and consolation, right? 1 Corinthians 14.3, I think that is. Exhortation, consolation, and um, edification. But also it's speaking God's word. It can have to do with foretelling the future too. So even if I can do that, and I know all mysteries, and I have all knowledge, so I'm the smartest man on this planet, and I have all that going for me. And if I have all faith so I can just say to this mountain, be cast up and thrown into the sea, it would happen. Even if I do that, and I have all that, and I'm walking in that, would not have love, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he goes through some of the gifts of the Spirit. And at the very, the last verse of chapter 12, he says, And I will show you a still more excellent way. And so while the gifts are, the, are for today and they're important and we should be walking in the gifts that God has for us, what he's telling us is even if you're walking in the gifts, even if you have the gifts, even if people see the gifts, if you don't have love, it doesn't mean diddly squat. You are nothing. Nothing whatsoever. And then he goes on, and if I give all my possessions to feed the poor. In other words, like the rich young ruler, one thing you lack. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Even if I do that, and or if I surrender my body to be burned. And there were people who their bodies were burned. And even if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. You know, as I was preparing this, I was thinking, without love, none of it means anything. And without love, none of this life means anything. And But when we have true love, it starts meaning everything. Everything starts changing. 
The scripture I read a little bit ago, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's his commandment he has for us. He says, I'm commanding you to love each other the way I love you, through that agape love. And let me tell you, church, this is not love that's easy. This is love that's difficult. There are people that we don't want to love, and God's saying, I want you to love them anyway. And I want you to show them love anyway. But you don't know how much he's hurt me. You don't know how much she's hurt me. You don't know what she's or she's done to my children. You don't know this. Yes, he knows all that. And he says, I want you to love anyway. And I want you to love this person. And it's difficult. Yet God says, it's a new commandment I give to you. And I got this out of, I think I got this from a commentary, but somebody said this. All true obedience to the Lord is done out of love. All disobedience to the Lord is done out of lovelessness. Because Jesus gave us a new commandment that we would love one another. So all true obedience to the Lord is done out of love, and all disobedience to the Lord is done out of lovelessness. All true obedience that God has for each and every one of us is going to be because of Him. As a matter of fact, skipping down in my notes, I think I have it here. Oh, I don't see it. I must have lost it. I had it here. It's uh, 1 John 4.19. Do you have that scripture, Mikey? I don't see it on my notes. I put it in there sometime. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. We're able to love. The only reason we're able to love is because he first loved us. He shows us how to love. He teaches us how to love. And the reason we're able to love each other is because he loves us this way. We're able to take that love, live it, and the more we know it, more we start walking in it, the more we start living it, this love that he has for us. So the people, they come to Jesus, and one of them was a lawyer, and he asked him a question. This is Matthew 22, 35 through 40. It says, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, in all your mind. This is the greatest and the foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend the whole law and the prophets. What is the greatest commandment, Jesus said? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is like it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend the whole law and the prophets. The, the Israel Bible was broken up into the law and the prophets. The whole Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament breaks down to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And who is your neighbor? Whoever's around you at the time. Everybody, in a sense, is our neighbor. And God tells us, this is how we need to love one another. This is what Valentine's Day is all about. You need to love me. We need to love God more than we love our own lives. 
So if it comes down to, I'm not going to do what the law is telling me to do. I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. And for Valentinus, it cost him to be tortured and imprisoned and everything else. He said, I would rather please God than man. So I'm going to love God more than what you're putting on me. And I didn't look this up to see if this is true. But Mikey told us at the small men's group yesterday that the state of Washington has a bill coming up for um, people to be able to marry children. Right, Mikey? Okay, they're trying to say that pedophilia, pedophilia is another gender. Okay, which was going to be to marrying children. That's exactly where it's going to lead. And I didn't look that up to see if it is. I don't know where he got his information, but Mikey likes reading that stuff. I kind of try to stay out of the... Poli- no, why don't, wait a second. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. Sorry, Mikey. What I meant was political stuff. He likes reading the political stuff, not the pedophilia stuff. At least that I know about. I don't know. He likes reading about the political arena. That's what I meant. Yeah, that was funny. So I believe it. And I know it's going to happen if it's not there anyway, just because of the Muslim faith. And they're very strong there. And I guarantee you, if it's not there, it will be coming. And we will be dealing with it. And there are going to be things... and, and. Unless this country actually turns around and changes, we're going to be facing things as Christians. We will probably, we could be facing imprisonment in our lifetime. I think that's a real possibility. Some people don't agree with me, but I think it's a very real possibility. I think it's a real possibility, and I've shared this before, that I may be facing imprisonment or jail sometime. Because uh, they're going to want me to do things that the Bible says I can't do. As a pastor, the state or the country will try to force me to do things that I say there's no way I'm going to do. And I won't. And if it means going to jail, that means God has a ministry for me in jail. And I'm not a tough guy. I'm not made for jail. I'm not made for prison. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not. But if this is a ministry God has for me for some reason, and that's what he wants, then I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Because I want to love him more than I love anything. That's what Valentine's Day is about, is loving God more. Loving God more than dot, 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 you fill in the blank, whatever it is. I love God more than anything. And that's what he has for us. And it all comes down to the New Testament, the Old Testament, it breaks down to love. I could preach on love every single Sunday, and it wouldn't be wrong for me to do it. That's how important love is to Christianity. I could preach on that topic every single Sunday and never hit another topic, and it would still be good, and it would still be strong for us. That's how important this agape love is to us. So Jesus, they asked Jesus, and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to read it one more time. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and the foremost commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend the whole law and prophets. That's what Jesus said. 
Paul the Apostle put it this way in Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Transparency time for Pastor Dave. I'm working on this message. I'm preparing this message. And uh, I was dealing with something on a personal level. And it hurt me. Personally, it hurt me. And uh, all I wanted to do was cause pain back. All I wanted to do was hurt that person back. I wanted them to feel the pain that I was feeling. And that's a natural reaction we have as people. When someone hurts me, I want to hurt you back. As a matter of fact, that picture of me in junior high, when I was in junior high, I, I lived by the motto is, if somebody hurts you, you hurt them back twice as badly as they hurt you which is not a mature way to do it, but that's the way I thought it was back then. So you get in a fight with me and you beat me up, I'm going to do something twice as bad to you. It's just we have, you know what? That's not what God wants from us. You know what that leads us to? More pain, more suffering. And we can't get even. You never can. You can hurt them back twice as much as they hurt you, and it's not going to change the hurt that you had. You're still going to have to hurt. And even this, first, even this past week, the first initial reaction I have was, I want to hurt back. And I was out walking my dog, and I was thinking about it, and I was angry thinking about it. And the Holy Spirit just started speaking to me. Dave, are you happy right now? No, I'm miserable. I'm angry. You want to stay angry? No, I don't. Start practicing what you preach. Take, allow the love of God to come in and change you. And I was, as I was walking, I was crying out, God, just change my attitude right now. Lord, I'm wrong. I shouldn't feel this way. My feelings are wrong. Lord, change me. Change my heart. Change my attitude. And by the time I was done with the walk and crying out to God, my heart and attitude had changed. God had come in and done a work and work in my life. And I wasn't angry. But I share that so... You know, one is that I'm not immune to it. I'm going through the same stuff that you go through. My life is the same way that you're. You, I go through the same type of stuff and the same temptation and the same trial. And God wanted me to elevate myself so I was better than this person, so I had a right to. Uh, did I say God? Satan wanted me to elevate myself to go up there. I think I said God. Pump the brakes. Mikey's not into pedophilia. God didn't say that Satan did. <laughs> Satan tries to get us to do that. And God says, no. I died for that person just like I died for you. And my love for them is the same as it is for you. And you want to prove to be my disciple? 
love that person the way I love that person. That's how you're going to prove to be my disciple. That's how you're going to show the world. That's what the world's looking for. They're, they're looking for people who will give that type of love and share that kind of love. So once again, Paul said, Oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. See where verse 9 says, You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. I know one person who did all of those. Every single one of those things, they said, I've done all those things. And yet, God's love covers it. Agape love even covers that when we reach out to God, when we cry out to Him, when we cry out, God, save me, God, help me. And then the person has to forgive themselves. They understand God forgives them, but we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. And God says, no, you need to do that too. Because all that is summed up in you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we receive God's love, we have to take God's love and then start sharing it. And then a couple more things. Scripture I already read. Scripture we already know. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, or some translations say to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. That's why Jesus came. He came because God loved us. His purpose is to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. And His purpose in our lives is to restore us from what Satan stole from us. He wants to restore the love that was taken from us. And then he wants us to, re to restore that in us, and then he wants us to take that love and start restoring those around us. Because there are people you know. I'll, I'll give you an example. One of my best friends. As a matter of fact, he calls me his best friend. His son was killed in a boating accident years ago. And uh, he and his wife end up getting a divorce. And his other two sons blame him for the divorce, and they will not talk to their dad. They will not contact with him. They don't want relationship with him. However, if they want something from him, then they'll contact him. And the only time he gets contacted is when they want something from him. And I've been praying for this guy for quite a few years now, and that his relationship with his sons will be restored. They haven't been restored yet. You know what? I haven't quit praying yet. God's not done. God wants to do with things. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy families. That's what he's come to do. And we need to love those. And we need to show this love. Men, you men who are married... You are commanded to love your wife this way. As Christ loved the church, that is correct. We are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And what did they say right before that? Women, submit to your wives. Husbands, love your wives the way Christ loves the church. We are to love our, our wives that way. And wives, you're to love your husbands that way. 
And sometimes it's not easy to love our spouses. Sometimes it's difficult. And yet God commands us to live that way. It's not easy. Let's be honest. It's not easy sometimes. It's difficult. I remember uh, when I was young, sometimes waking up, my dad would be out on the couch. Dad, what are you doing out on the couch? Well, there's a reason he was out on the couch. It was too, it was too cold in the bedroom. I need to go out where it's a little warmer. You guys laugh at that because he's not the only man on this planet who spent the night on a couch. I guarantee it. Right? We've all been there. Even if we're not there physically, Satan wants to come in and try to divide the heart and cause division and cause a wedge and bring it in there. And he does it every single time. And yet God says we are to love each other with this type of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. We need to give. We need to say, God, I'm struggling with my spouse right now. Help me to love him or help me to love her. Give me a new love. Give me a fresh love. As a matter of fact, to the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus said, I have this one thing against you that you have left your first love. Remember, uh, it's Revelation chapter 2 and 3 when he's talking to the seven different churches and he's saying this and that and this and, and maybe they do represent different time frames, but they were definitely seven churches, literal churches during that time and these letters were going to them and he said to the church at Ephesus, I have this thing against you that you have left your first love. Some of us have left our first love for our spouses. Some of us have left our first love for the Lord. Some of us have just left our first love in general and period. And God says, but I want to restore that first love. I don't want, I want to restore that love. I want to bring that love back in your life. I want you to experience that love. Because nothing's more fulfilling than that love that we get to share with the Lord and then with each other. What else is there? What else is going to bring you the, what you're looking for? Things? A helicopter? That Kobe went down in, I don't blame him. He had enough money to pay for a helicopter. Saves a lot of time. You fly back and forth and do all that. It's not going to bring you happiness. It's loving the Lord and then loving each other. That's what God's calling us to do. That's what this week is all about, Valentine's Week. It's about loving God more than loving anything else. And I'm just going to read this scripture and wrap it up. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 14. It says, Let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. You want to live your life for the Lord? Grow in agape love. You want to be a disciple of Jesus and prove you're a disciple of Jesus? Grow in agape love. You want to be a better husband, a better wife? Grow in agape love. You want to be a better person? Grow in agape love. You want to enjoy this life the way God's intended us to enjoy it? Share the agape love he's given to you. What did Paul McCartney say? And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Go out 
and share the love of God with each other and the world around us. Start in your own house. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you, Lord, that you love us so much and uh, that we get to be a part of that love and experience that love. And I pray, Father, we would be a people who share that love. We would be a people like Valentine, Lord, who loved you more than, who are willing to sacrifice even our own life to minister for you and for your kingdom, Lord, and that we would be those type of people. And uh, as always, like every Sunday, like I do, I just want to give people an opportunity to accept Jesus. Maybe you know him. Maybe you're close with him. You have a personal relationship with him. But maybe there's even one person who doesn't, and today is their day of salvation. Maybe you've never experienced the love I'm talking about, and you want to experience that type of love I'm talking about. You can. His name is Jesus. He, he stands at the door of your heart. He's knocking on it. He wants to come in. He wants to share that love with you. And if you want that love and you've never had it before, I'm just going to invite you to stand up and walk down to the front of the church and you can experience that love, the forgiveness. All our sins are washed away. They become white as snow. All the guilt and shame that Satan tries to keep on us is just gone. And you never experienced that and you'd like to, I just invite you to walk down forward right now. And Father, I pray that every person in this room knows you and has a personal relationship with you. And if there's one who doesn't, Lord, that they will not leave here today without coming to know you and having that personal relationship. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church, that we would be a church that would love. And when we have visitors, every person would learn to go up and greet them and love on them. And we would love them in a supernatural way, Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before the song, one second, I want to share one quick story. I want to, I want to uh, brag on you guys one second. Um, two weeks ago, we had Steve Wallet was here. You guys know Steve. He's our missionary to Poland. He was sitting right back there. And he had a 17-year-old student named Mieszko with him. Did you guys meet Steve and Mieszko? So Mieszko's not a believer. He doesn't know the Lord. Um, Polish, Polish, Poland is very Catholic over there, um, and he doesn't like it. And he came to Christian Mission Church. Steve said, come on, we're going to church. And he was like, no, I don't want to go. He goes, no, we're going to church. Come with me. And he came to Christian Mission Church, and uh, uh, Steve and Mieszko were staying with Petey and Mary, and we were over there last Sunday night, and I was really tired getting ready to go. And I said, Aaron, let's go. And Mieszko walks up to me and says, you're the guy who spoke this morning, right? I said, yeah. He goes, I want to talk with you. I said, okay. So we probably talked for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And he said, this is what Mieszko said. He goes, you know what? I've never liked church, and I love that church. And the people were real, and the people were genuine, and... The churches I see at home, it's all fake, and people are just going through the motions, and it wasn't fake. It was real, and it was genuine, and I really liked it. And he started asking. He was quoting things I said in my sermon. I said, man, you're better than my people. They probably can't quote a thing I said. He was, I said, you were really listening. He said, oh, yes, very much. I really liked it, 
and I really like the people and the love they gave. So receive that and take it and love each other more, okay? And I'm telling you, when visitors walk in, make sure that we, when we're greeting one another and loving each other, I want the visitors never have a chance to sit down because there's a line so long just to introduce yourself. Seriously, amen? Amen. Let's close in song.